Good evening. Merry Christmas. How are you all doing? It's a good night. You know, when I was a kid, and I know some of you think that was like last week. It was a while ago. Uh, when, when I was a kid, Christmas Eve was my favorite night of the year. Um, not just because we opened presents, um, which we did, uh, but it was because we got to do this. My family got all decked out, and we came to a candlelight service. And, and it seemed like every single year we did a really good job of doing exactly what our spiritual mom, what Debbie just did. So cool. Watching kids sit at the feet of, of those of us that have experienced the light that has come into this world. I would love to take a look at the story that she just read. You know, on a night like this, you wonder... What should we talk about, right? You only have 10 minutes, and so, five? Oh, oh boy. You only have so long, and so there's only so much you can say. Uh, you know, maybe you want to look at Caesar Augustus and uh, Chirinius, two names that pop up that are really neat, you guys. If we really want to nerd out, what we could do is we could say, man, this story could have started once upon a time, but it didn't. It started with real names of real people that we could look at and we can say, historically, verifiable event, Jesus Christ came into the world. But we're not going to talk about that. You know, we could talk about Bethlehem. Now, I was geeking out earlier. For, for those of you that, that really love Hebrew poetry, you might see the name Bethlehem and you'd go back to, not Isaiah, but Micah, chapter 5. And you'd look at verse 2 and you'd see, But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Man, we could break that apart, couldn't we? That'd be a good time, but we're not going to do that. You might see the name David, right? And it would strike so much in your mind because you'd think, you know, son of David. You'd think of all of the correlations between David and Jesus. We could talk about, you know, the promise that, that God made to David and his descendants that one would sit on the throne of David forever. A root of Jesse, right? That'd be a good thing to talk about today. But we're not going to talk about that. I thought we could talk about this. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Man, there's a lot in a really a really small verse. So much there for us to unpack. Um, way more than 10 minutes worth, but let me try. It says that the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Notice it's not the glory of the angel. It's the Shekinah glory of the Lord, right? They're radiating the glory of God, having been in his presence. And, 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 they, and the, the angels appear before these shepherds, 
You know, a smart man once told me that shepherds aren't um, uh, the, the, the little um, feeble, you know, boys that you think they were. They, they could be young men, but the thing was, these were bear hunters. You know, these were guys that were flinging rocks at lions and they were taking them out. Like these, these guys were pretty hardcore. They had to be out there in the middle of nowhere and they had to take care of these sheep. They were hardcore. And yet it says, when beholding the glory of God and the angels of the Lord... They had to be reminded of the, the same term that is most used negatively in the New Testament. Fear not. Jesus constantly had to say that to the disciples. He didn't say to them, you know, um, I, I, hey, it's me, it's Jesus, or, you know, it's really good to see you. He'd constantly be telling them in reaction to the things he was doing, fear not. Because they'd see the glory of God in the Son of Man. And the natural inclination of humanity is to be fearful. Now, in this moment, these strapping shepherds are afraid. And they're reassured, and they're told, I bring you the good news. Now, some of you know, uh, what, does, what, what is the, 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 the meaning of, of gospel? When we say the gospel, what, what does that literally mean? Thank you. See, it was a good clue. We, we laid it out there for you. The good news, Right? If we want to track this back, the Lord comes to the earth in the flesh and instantaneously following his birth in verse 7, the good news is being presented to mankind. And that good news, man, it'd be really cool if it was centered on all of the, the cool names that are present in this passage. It'd be really neat if it had anything to do with the amazing story that's centered around Joseph and Mary and all of the wonderful things that God had done through them. It'd be really awesome if the good news had something to do with this man named David and all the things that God had been doing through him. But the truth is, when the time came, the good news wasn't centered on any of that. Now, the good news was centered on this. This is a day of great joy for all the nations. Because on this day, born in the city that God said he would be born, a Savior has appeared. And he is not just a Savior. He is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the one we've been waiting for for thousands of years. He's here today, and he is not just the Messiah. He's the Lord. He's God. As I'm looking through this story, there's a couple of things that, that, um, that I think we ought to take away. An announcement like that is pretty amazing, and you would expect that it would be attached to some amazing spectacle, right? A conquering king is coming through the streets, and the horns are blaring, and, you know, uh, everyone knows this is the king. He's the one. I'm sure that's what the shepherds would have expected in that moment. And yet we already know how this story has unfolded to this point, because we, we could go back to verse 7, and we'd see that everything that kicked off here with the shepherds started with this. And she gave birth, that's Mary, she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and she laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Guys, that's the part of the story that we brush right through. The Lord, the Christ, the Savior. 
wrapped in rags because they couldn't find anything else and laid down in a manger because humanity had no place for him to lay down his head. That's the God that we serve. When it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, it was not important to God that it would be of pomp and circumstance. No, the glory could be beheld in the Shekinah glory of the angels being reflected to the shepherds. The most important thing to God was that he would enter into our circumstance so that the events that would ultimately lead to the same type of humiliation on the cross could take place. So that that Savior, that Christ, that Lord could die the death that we deserve, surrounded by two criminals, people jeering, soldiers watching, and his friend and his mom. The second thing I wonder that we consider in this story is the, the shepherds. You know, it's interesting. Um, it says that they're given their marching orders, right? Um, suddenly, there was this uh, multitude of heavenly hosts screaming glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And then it says, the angels went away, and the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Let's go check it out. Might as well. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph, and they found the baby lying in the manger. And when they, they saw it, they, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. What does that mean? They told people about it. They see the evidence of it spoken to them. They respond to that evidence, and then changed by this event, witnessing the miracle of God, they tell the people around them about it. This should sound familiar. Now, there's one more thing here. Of course, it says Mary treasured these things in her heart, pondering them, and that's, that's a very profound statement that it makes. But the, the story ends with, and the shepherds returned. They went about to their lives, to their jobs. But in doing so, it says they, they were glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. You know, there are a lot of profound truths in the story we just read today. A lot of them. And we could just write them off. You know, this is just another Christmas Eve. We just, we heard the Linus story again for the, for the 15th time, if that. Or what we could do is we could really take a look at some of the characters here. We could commit to our minds what God is doing in the midst of us now. On Christmas Day, a miracle did happen. The Word did become flesh, and it was in the humblest way possible. God announced it to the world, and immediately the world began to change. Those who encountered Christ would never be the same. They had to tell others about it. And when they were done with the, the job that they had been given, they returned to their homes and they glorified and they praised God for the great work that he had done. Now, if you're not a believer in this room, and that's a possibility, the truth is this story needs to begin with the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
that there is one who is the Christ. He is the Lord. He came to this world. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for the sins that you and I have committed, are committing, and will commit. And by God's grace, through faith in that one, we may be saved. If we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord, that is the promise that God gives us, that is sealed by the Holy Spirit, and that will one day be complete in the presence of God forever. And if you're a believer in this room, this is a really great time to look at these shepherds, to see the lowest echelon of that culture and learn something from these young boy warriors. Man, if you've seen God, you tell people about God. And if you have no one to tell, then you go about your life and you give glory to God and you praise and you honor God because in doing those two things, you are reflecting a reality that God says will eternally be taking place, perpetually. Christmas is just the beginning of the good news. It finds its fullness in the gospel, and it will come to a completion when Jesus comes back and he makes all things new. And we get the chance to celebrate that tonight. And so we're going to do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us, okay? And then we are going to... Um, we're going we're gonna to light some candles, and I will do that, I promise. Um, but before we do that, I have a poem I wanted to, to read to you that you can think about, perhaps, uh, when, when, you're, when you're lighting your candle. It's one of my favorites. Light looked down and beheld darkness. There will I go, said light. Peace looked down and beheld war. There will I go, said peace. Love looked down and beheld hatred. There will I go, said love. So came light and shone. So came peace and gave rest. So came love and brought life. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that we have together to, to come together and to worship you uh, in, in lifting our praises to you, God, in joining the, the chorus of the angels that, that, that glorify and honor you for all time because you are worthy. You are the only one that is worthy. Lord, thank you for the work that you have done in your son Jesus. Thank you for the work that he did in coming and, and being a part of the, the circumstance and the, 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 the muck of this world, Lord, in becoming flesh. Thank you for the life that he lived, the words that he spoke, all of the signs that he gave us, Lord, to show that, that he is the Christ. Thank you for his death on the cross that paid for our sin. 
for the wrath that we deserved. Lord, thank you for his resurrection and the affirmation, the, the resounding truth that he is Lord and that you can save. God, I pray for our hearts that you would help us to know this truth. I pray for the young people in this room that were sitting at the feet of Debbie, that they would know that you are Lord, uh, that they would believe and that you would continue to raise among us many who would call you Lord. Bless this time as we lift our voices to you. Uh, Bless this time as we reflect on your great work. We love you, Jesus. We pray all of these things in your name. Amen.